podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offset, sitting down with Keith Myers. This is actually part two of a show that we started with the uh, the senior role players that are good fits for the Seahawks. We went through the defensive list, and then Keith called me out on the time, and we decided to do two shows out of it. So welcome back, Keith. It's literally 10 minutes later for us. It could be it three, days, three days later for uh, folks listening to the show, but uh, welcome back in. If you missed that show, you really should go listen to it. Uh, Bill Bill had a ton of research and information on defensive players. Uh, it's worth the time to go listen. And that isn't a joke. I'm not like, you know, trying to get Bill to laugh at me. That's legit. Like, you guys, it's worth a listen. So could take the time to go do that. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you. I should buy you a coffee mug or something. You should. For that comment. Or fill up my glass one of these here's, days. You know, here's a 20, <laughs> here's a 20 or two. <laughs> yeah, um, fill your glass up. I would totally do that if we were in person. Um, so let's let's start at tight end. One because I know you said you wanted to when we were pre-show, um, and two because it actually is a need for Seattle because two of the three tight ends on the roster are both free agents. Yeah. So what's going to uh, happen to Gerald Everett and Will Disley? We don't know. Team, team probably has a plan. I must obviously they've got plan A, plan B, plan C on this. I think the team would love to have both back. I think probable is going to be the right word when when we say they'll probably be back. Um, we just don't know for sure. Colby Parkinson's the guy. He doesn't have hardly any use on the team so far, but he's got a lot of upside. In fact, upside is is a kind of a pun for him because he's six seven. Um, but <laughs> but that's all we've got. We don't have any practice squad guys. Nobody's signed to a future contract. It's kind of wide open right now. And so mm-hmm. out of the senior bowl, there were a few prospects that I thought were worthy um, there wasn't a ton. I don't have a, you know, a tremendous amount of information on everyone, but I thought there were a few that stood out. I know that you really like Trey McBride, Keith. I do. I thought he looked really, uh, good last week. I think, um, just as a guy, as, as, as an athlete, he is, um, probably the best of the group. He, his, okay. Is he a great inline blocker at this moment? No, but he has all the reason. You have all the reason to think that with coaching, he will become one. He just was never asked to. Um, but his ability to to catch the ball with really soft hands and have a big catch radius and catch the ball through contact is simply why I think he had, well, was going to have a very long NFL career. I have a question so. for you. Who was the guy that Seattle had a couple of years ago in, in kind of a receiving tight end kind of guy? And now, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. 
bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost one-third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements may vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void were prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The guy, he used to be with New England and then he came over. Oh, um, oh my God, I can picture his face. I know, uh, I, know. I can't Jimmy Graham. Not Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Graham. Not Jimmy Graham. Oh. No, 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 no. The other guy. The, the end, he was originally undrafted, a seventh round guy. We threw him a seventh round pick for him. He came in. He, he was real productive his first year. He had like 49 catches. Then he was less productive uh, um, prior to la, prior to last year. And then he was off the roster. Started with an H, maybe? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was like health. No, it's not health. So anyway, this it's Trey McBride kind of reminds me of him. And I'll tell you why. I really like Trey McBride. He's an ultra productive receiving threat over the last two years in 2021 he had 90 receptions 1121 yards super athletics strong fast enough absolute killer blocker at least very willing and and a total terror as a receiver and and put up jaw-dropping numbers i mean really but for me it's weird because he's 6'4 249 and he's Runs a four six five forty, and he has thirty two and five inch in his arms with a seventy eight inch wingspan. The reason I say that is because he's not terribly long. You know, he's not going to. He's is six four two forty nine. He's not going to be that red zone target that a lot of tight ends are as as move tight ends. He's also not your inline blocker guy because he's you know while he may be willing and in college he was successful at it in the pros. You're going to want that length to be able to kind of disengage and keep blockers away from you. Um, and so for me, I'm not quite as high on him as everyone else. I think for, for me, he's been replaced uh, uh, as, I don't know, maybe a, a, a third or fourth option in this draft, I think overall. I, so the guy you were thinking of was Jacob Hollister. Um, Jacob Hollister, yes. And I think he's better than Hollister. Uh, I think that Hollister was a guy that wasn't particularly good at anything, but worked really hard. Um, I'll give him that I much. Think, I think that uh, when you look at a guy like McBride, he is got softer hands. He's he's more athletic. He is, but, he's a much more natural pass catcher, and yes, Hollister was pretty good. He was. Um, I think that McBride, what gets me thinking that he'll be, he would be a good Seahawk. Actually, you're bringing up Hollister is not a bad thing because I hadn't thought of that, but it's his ability to catch through contact, his ability to be getting hit while the ball's arriving and still make the catch. And Hollister did a lot of that, which is why he got a lot of, uh, made a lot of first down catches 
um, like or catches for a first down yeah. uh, during not this last, you know, his last year with the team, but the year before when yes. they were really shorthanded and he yep. became this guy that, that yeah, he Russell only Wilson played kept going in to. 10 games and had 49 receptions. Yeah. So that's quite uh, productive I, for for that guy. I think McBride look, looks to me like a better version of that. Interesting. Well, yeah. And, and the reason that I hesitate on him as well for the Seahawks is I don't think the Seahawks are going to use that pick on where McBride will, will likely go in this draft. And I think McBride, a lot of teams will fall in love with the pro, uh, productivity and so forth. And, and we'll look at him as a late first round, early second round option as being the first tight end off the board. Um, I don't think he's going that early. I don't think so either, Keith, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of big boards out there that have him, you know, anywhere from 29 to 40. And I, he's not my, he's not there for me, but doesn't mean he won't be there for some team in the NFL. I was thinking early around three with him, which is part of the reason why I liked him is I thought at, in that, in that range, his upside and the value of that pick would be great. Yeah. So another a couple of names just to throw out. Um, everyone's talking about Jeremy Ruckert as being the best all around tight end in the draft. And what they mean by that is um, he's going to give you some upside on the receptions and being able to catch the ball and uh, red zones uh, targets and in traffic. But he's also going to be able to uh, be a good inline blocker. He, he went to Ohio State. Uh, he wasn't heavily featured there at all. I think if he would have ended up going to, for example, Colorado State, where Trey McBride was, Jeremy Ruckert would have been an entirely different conversation, I think, right now as being a, a real viable option. He had a quarterback rating when targeted of 132.2 or 134.2. Um, I really like him. He doesn't have the speed, obviously. He's he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades tight end. Another guy that really came on in the senior bowl, and I would be just – wouldn't be worth anything if I didn't mention him as Greg Dolich out of mm, UCLA mm-hmm. at 6'4", 248, ran a 4740. He's not going to be like your Trey McBride guy, but he's got got better length at 34-inch arms, 82-inch wingspan. He was all over the place at the Senior Bowl and, and just getting rave reviews um, all up and down. And I didn't hear that much from Trey, about Trey McBride, although during the game, Trey McBride had like three catches for – 60 yards or something like that and, and had some some nice impact plays i don't recall uh greg Dolchich um having impact in that game at all so okay so i think a guy that we're that we're kind of missing here is is daniel daniel uh bellinger um out of san diego state university because he is i haven't even heard of that name oh good glad to know that i'm <laughs> uh actually prepared uh- <laughs> that's awesome yeah let's talk so- about him so he's a guy that, um, you know, San Diego State University, not known as a guy that's or a school that's going to produce a lot of, um, you know, big time inline blocking kind of players. But that's exactly who he is. He is if if they if Disley leaves, um, you know, through free agency, uh, Bellinger is a guy that can come in known as uh, a fantastic blocker, practically a right tackle. Um, instantly a a guy that you can count on and, and depend on as a blocking tight end, which I know is not a skill set, which is highly sought after, and it's boring for most fans. I get that. But what we saw in mobile is a guy who had soft hands, looked pretty smooth running routes, could definitely be a, 
you know, a guy that can get out into space and, and make some catches and be that like, he, he's not going to stretch the field down the middle. This isn't, we're not, you're not drafting a, a, a Jimmy Graham or a guy that can, that can runs really a four, gonna, four, seven, nine forty. Yeah. You're talking about a guy who's going to be an outlet um, for Wilson, but lot good blocking, you know, get that six yard catch on third and five um, yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. And you, you, you need the guys weird, like that. the weird, the weird thing about a guy like that, a, a, he's a special teams player. B he's left open a lot because of that speed. You know, mm-hmm. he, nobody is going to be covering this guy. If, if all options are, you know, off the table, he's going to be the last guy that's going to get covered and likely yeah. being able to be an outlet like that. Hey, I wanted to get back to Jeremy Ruckert really quick. Cause I wrote this in my notes and I, I, I highlighted it just to make sure that I said it. He had a college career at Ohio State with 51 receptions, 590 yards. I mean, Trey McBride had 90 receptions, 1,121 yards in one uh, year. In, in just one year. <laughs> um, the in high school, Ruckert had 3,100 receiving yards and 37 touchdowns. So the guy can catch the ball. He just didn't have that opportunity, I think, at Ohio State. Um, wide receivers, Keith. So I got I got a couple, you know. There weren't a lot of. Um, I know that I had uh, uh, some trouble uh, a couple weeks ago talking about wide receivers in this class, and especially out of the <laughs> Senior Bowl. And you know, I went went through this list again for this show, and and now I know why it was kind of like unremarkable in in a sense. Uh, the guys they had at the Senior Bowl at, at the wide receiver position. There were a couple of standout guys though. Who do you got? Uh, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. He's number one on my list to talk about. Six four two ten. He's physical, fast, deep ball specialist. He basically is like you could you could draft him. He's out of a little tiny school like North Dakota State, so I don't think he's going to go early in the draft. And basically, what you're doing is you're drafting a guy that, if uh, DK Metcalf gets hurt, you could have him go in there. He's not going to be as good, but he could replace a lot of of that same stuff that that we see with with metcalf i think he's a better route runner coming in yeah he might be but he doesn't have the top end speed well he's got he's 438 now dk metcalf is a 432 okay i didn't think he was that fast i was thinking to picture him more about a 442 so yeah he's a 43840 um he's a little older at almost 23 years old he was projected to be a fourth round pick prior to the senior bowl he was Mm -hmm. trey lance's favorite target in 2020 um just fyi he's a kick he's a, one of the premier kick returners in, in all of college football at north dakota state you wouldn't you know north dakota state is kind of interesting because they win the like the championship for the division two you know quite mm-hmm. frequently um but he's a jet sweep guy he's a legit deep throughout a 50 50 guy at six five um he's gonna he's squarely in the third round conversation now keith yeah yeah, I I, I like it. I think he would be. Can you imagine um, how I can. <laughs> put him on one side, yeah. Metcalf on the other, and lock yeah. him in the slot? And you and, can just and and the kid that we that we picked up last year, um, Eskridge. Eskridge. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then you basically at that point you see um, opposing safeties just start to cry. <laughs> Because there's right. no, there's, there's just a lot of speed do. right there too. There's nothing you can do to that. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> So another guy is Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. I thought would be a good sea hockey kind of player. 6'3", 210 pounds. You know, speaking of Christian Watson as kind of a DK of Madcalf kind of a guy, 
DK Metcalf's going into the final year of his deal. Now, a lot of folks think, well, DK Metcalf's got a fifth-year option. No, he doesn't. He was drafted in the back okay. of the second round, right? So he's got four years. Last Next year is going to be the last year of his rookie deal. Seahawks, I'm sure, will do whatever they can to try to retain DK Metcalf, and uh, but it's going to cost a boatload of cash. He's and worth it. So this would be the year that the Seahawks may look to the draft to – possibly look at a hedge player and Alec Pierce would be, you know, would fit that bill at six, three, 210 pounds, runs a four, three, nine, forties, very long athletic, a really nice frame. Um, he, he, he high points the ball really nice. Uh, he's got a, um, jumped an amazing 45 feet, 11 inches in the triple jump in high school. Uh, Bruce Feldman's got him on his athletic freak list of um got six three two hundred and thirteen pounds and and uh deadlifts six hundred and seventy five pounds he broad jumps eleven feet and he's a vertical jump of over over forty inches and the four four five and the forty and the four point one four in the shuttle short shuttle so that, you know in fact I would love to have a guy like Bruce Feldman on the on the on the podcast at some point just to talk about these kind of guys because it you know there's nothing like a guy in the combine in his underwear that <laughs> completely jumps out of the gym and, and does all these skill tests and stuff. It's, it's kind of crazy to watch. Yeah. But he's, he's going to be a guy that really tests well at the combine. Um, so a guy that I'm watching is uh, Khalil Shakir out of Boise state. Okay. He didn't have the greatest week. He had a couple of, he didn't start out well, but really showed off on day three, impressive hands, one good roots is a red zone threat. Um, and just showed off some athleticism. The cornerback struggled to be near. Uh, I think he's a guy that's probably going to be a day three pick. So like fifth or sixth round. Um, but to me, he's a guy that I look at and I go, this is someone who could push for that wide receiver four job. Um, and, you know, I mean, you've got your top two guys. Yeah. They're he's, not going anywhere. He's he's an interesting guy, Keith. I mean, I I think that he would fit the bill as some sort of a like a a, a weapon kind of a guy. I think I would feel more comfortable with this pick if he had better predicted speed. His predicted speed is four four eight. I think if he ran a three four three eight, he'd be a little bit more interesting for me because at six foot one ninety three, um. He's got 29 inch arms and a 70 and three inch inch wingspan. Um, I know that's small. so he's just a real small guy, very he small is. guy. But let me. But he's so he's he's quicker than he is straight line fast. When you watch him, you don't see any Debo Samuel in him. Yeah, but Debo just has a thicker, lower frame to him, and this guy he, does not. He does, but he he kind of gives me that. Is he is he a long speed guy? I mean, he's not bad, but he's not. That's not his thing. He doesn't have the length to really do that. But he's a run after the catch guy. He's a Golden Tate mm, style. Yes, that is very true. That's where this guy's forte is, and kick returns, all that stuff. Yeah, get him the ball, punt returns, kick returns. Um, getting the ball like quickly or line him up in the backfield, swing it to him out of the, you know, in the flat and just let him use his run after the catch ability. I think yeah. he could be a lot of fun. I also well, think a, as a, you're not going to slot roll, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I also don't think you're going to give up a lot to get him. Like I said, I think he's like a fifth round pick. 
Interesting. So. Nice. Let's talk about running backs. Okay. Um, I like running backs. You know, the Seahawks are in a kind of a pickle um, because we don't have a running back. Well, we do have a running back under contract in Chris Carson who went through a knee surgery or not a knee, a neck surgery. We don't know for sure what his status is going to be. All indications are uh, surgery was successful. Team is planning on having him back. I think at least that's the word in the street in February. We'll find out what happens later on or if they decide to go in a different direction, solve the problem in free agency in the draft, and then Chris Carson could find himself on the bubble you know, with a $3 million cap savings or thereabouts. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I think it's, it's nonetheless, regardless, Penny's on the open market. He could return and be back. But this is the year you would probably want to try to solve the running back problem long term with a younger prospect. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there's um, there's a few in this draft. I got to say right now, um, after this last year, and I feel weird saying this, I would rather have Penny back than Carson. And that's going to get yeah. Seahawks fans, especially Seahawks. It's hard Twitter, to say that when, when Penny's missed so much time. But you know what? Let's be honest. Chris Carson's missed a lot of time, too. And then the time he has been, he's been less effective because they've kind of metered him a little bit. Yeah, he had to, he had a couple of really good years when he was healthy. Um, you know, they were good when he was healthy, but he wasn't always healthy. Um, but the last two years have not been great. And Penny came on over the last, like, six games and really looked like a star. <sighs> Well, yeah, I mean, he looked like he was the best in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, that's he was, Jonathan, and I mean Jonathan Taylor level. Yeah. He was he was a legit good uh running back. You don't want to overpay a guy like that though. You want to let no. the market kind of come to you. So he may have to go out the door, go test the market and come back and take a you know a four million dollar one year prove it deal, which mm-hmm. I think is the most likely outcome for Penny. Go test the market. You know, we'll have a deal on the table for you if you come back. Um, but it's it's going to be a one-year deal because you just can't invest a whole bunch of capital. Now, maybe you could. Maybe the Seahawks look at it and say, you know what? We'll give you a two-year deal. Cap's going up next year. We'll, we'll figure it in and um, we'll give you some security. But, boy, that's tough what, as a fan to look at that and say, He's you missed yeah. 20, 25 games over your first four years mm, in the games that you that, were. Well, in the games that he was available, you know, he just didn't get enough touches to get rolling, less effective. The offensive line didn't perform well for him. And, you know, it all stacks up to the position where I think it's unlikely that any team views him as their primary back out of the free out of free agency i think oh, it would be kind of foolhardy for a team to do that and i agree with you i think that 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 any team expecting him to be you know running back one um is going to look at those last five games and see wow that's amazing but you that means you're ignoring the previous three and a half years where he barely played um because he was always hurt so yeah. um anyways we're talking about a player on yeah. the roster not a player um in the senior bowl um the one of the guys that i really liked you know, this week was um, Rashad White out of Arizona State. Um, you know, six foot yep. two ten. He's a little undersized for what Seattle likes as a um, you know between the tackles runner, but he looked explosive. He caught the ball effectively out of the backfield. Um, That's where off, his strength is at. Showed off some patience as a runner, um, where he was able to set up some blocks when he, and give 
the offensive lineman a chance to engage in their blocks before making that cut. Um, and that's not something you see a lot of from college running backs. They tend to outrun their blocking a little bit. Uh, and that kind of patience is, like I said, it's rare for a college uh, running back and it's something I like to see. So um, I thought he was, he was a definite guy as a third down back um, possibility, but I saw enough from him to say, maybe he's a guy who's better than just a third down back. He could it's, be it's in every possible. It is possible. Um, you know, we do have Dallas and Homer still on the roster. That would be my hesitation. He does have four, four, six speed. It's interesting, Keith, because, um, his straight line speed after 40 yards is actually his strength. He can really break away from you um, when he gets when he gets rolling in open space. He was clocked uh, at the Senior Bowl as running 22 miles an hour on on GPS, and that's significant for a guy that runs 4.46. And when a guy runs 4.46 and does 22 miles an hour, he's he's gaining speed. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the further away he gets. So um, that would be interesting. It's kind of an undervalued guy. I agree with that. I think, you know, teams may look at him as being a third-round guy. I think he's currently not ready to be the three-down guy. And so I think that he's going to get pushed a little bit, maybe to the back end of the third round, fourth round kind of thing. And, you know, and if he's there, he could be an option for Seattle, um, especially if they feel like they still need to address the, the running back position in the draft with somebody that gives them the potential to to be an every down guy because you never know how a team views a guy he may uh, you know Pete Carroll and company may view Rashad White as being a, a you know in between the tackles three down running back all day long and he just needs to add some functional strength and boom boom he's he's right there mm-hmm. a guy that's already right there is Damian Pierce out of Florida um, five ten uh, two hundred and twenty pounds runs a four five one forty which is plenty um fast for a guy that size and he's a mm-hmm. young prospect just turned 21 had 6779 yards and 92 touchdowns in high school but had extremely low usage in college um his best year being last year with 517 yards a 5.9 average and 12 touchdowns he also picked up 200 plus yards receiving as well um again Bruce Feldman uh, mentioning the football freaks list again is number 21 on his list uh, squat 705 pounds benches 390 as a 37 inch vertical in the in the four five forty. that's crazy i mean he's just kind of one of those block looking running backs short squatty big thighs and um the intangible things on him that i was hearing out of the senior bowl were were kind of the the marked things that i noticed where he was being tagged with uh, a leader outspoken um people rallying around him that sort of thing which is interesting because uh given his his athleticism and measurables and uh all of that and then you see his lack of production in college and the first thing that came to mind when i saw him was christine michael yes christian michael if you want to call him that um and i just like okay yeah here's a guy with all of these like crazy athletic traits, but no production because why did he struggle so hard to get on the field? And it wasn't injury. It wasn't just one year either. It was all four years. Exactly. And like I said, he was a, a, a Christian Michael, um, you know, that was the comp that came to mind and I just couldn't overcome it. And mm-hmm. I have a hard time. You're going to need to have to look into this. 
I mean, I have a hard time looking. I have a hard time looking at his tape and judging him fairly because I just see Christian Michael over and over again, and I don't want the Seahawks to do that. I know, right? How about Brian Robinson, Jr. out of Alabama? Had that great I mean, game against Cincinnati, yeah. um, where he had 200 plus yards. He looked unstoppable. Perfect size for the Seahawks at 6'1", 226, 4'4", or four five one forty, which is plenty fast. Um, he had He's decent a, production. He can catch the ball out of the backfield for you. Since uh, my problem here, since Saban took over in um, Alabama, one of the things we've noticed is that he runs his running backs into the ground, and he just there's a there's very little tread left on those tires when they come into the NFL. Um, and that's not Robinson everybody did sit behind um, Nanji Harris. I know and a couple other backs and really only had his senior year here to kind of, I know uh, w- for production wise. So he does have some tread left. So he does, but I, I just, if there's something about Alabama running backs that it makes me leery. And I know that people are going to look at that and like, wait, Sean Alexander was an, Al- that was pre Saban. So it doesn't count. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so I will um, say, I will say this about the running backs in, 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 a, in the hole is that, for me, this was about it on the senior bowl running mm-hmm. backs to talk about. There's a pretty sizable list of running backs available in this draft that's pretty deep. I I, I thought, you know, this would be a good time to pick up a running back up through about round four, maybe even into round five, depending on where you're trying to get your special lists, you know, in the, in that range. But Bryce, uh, Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker right at the top. Um Kyron Williams, um, Brian Robinson, Damon Pierce, James Cook, uh, Jerome Ford, uh, Pierre Strong Jr. I mean, there's just a ton of guys. All those guys I just mentioned are probably going to go before the end of round four. So maybe okay. even round three. Question for you: um, Spiller in this draft or Javante Williams in the last draft? Yeah, I like. I'm a big, big Javante Williams guy, and you yeah, I know you last are. year. That's yeah, what, but I, I, and I'm still a Javante Williams guy. I think he's but, just untapped almost. But you look at Spiller. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's There's a hard. ton of potential. Of potential there. It There's is a guy that's going to hard yeah. to deny what he's going to be. Brees Hall is interesting good. because Brees Hall is actually um, a little faster, a little heavier, a little bigger, but he's a completely different style runner. Brees Hall is the kind of guy that's still going to run in between the tackles for you, but he's going to avoid contact a little bit more. Isaiah Spiller is going to come right after you at 215-61, runs a 4-4-9-40. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brees Hall runs a 4-3-9. You know, I would take either one of those backs right now over, depending on Rashad Penny or um, or or having Chris Carson come back. Those oh, two guys. Yeah. And, and Kenneth Definitely. Walker. You can put Kenneth Walker in that if, if you want. Kenneth Walker is a little, a little more undersized, but I think could – potentially add another five, six pounds of, of muscle. But those guys at the top, they're going to be difference makers, I think. Now, the question is, at, at 41, where we pick this year, are you going to spend that 41st pick on a running back? Oh, my goodness, heads would roll on Seahawks Twitter, right? We have so many other needs, and there are some other running backs in this draft. But as we've seen with certain backs in this league, that they can be difference makers for you. Look at Cam yeah. Akers. He, you know, he got hurt, but we know what kind of trajectory he was on before he got hurt. I think he's going to be back that same way next year. Mm-hmm. You look at Derrick Henry, others, 
Reese Hall and Isaiah Spiller are going to be two guys that we're going to be talking about in the NFL for a long time. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move to the offensive line because we're we're running short on time, and it's this is a spot where the Seahawks need help. Um, and there's a guy that I really want to make sure we talk about, and that would be Trevor Penning out of Northern mm-hmm. Iowa. Mm-hmm. And it's Northern Iowa, right? I mean, so you're talking tiny, yeah. tiny school, and you're like, is this a um, a guy that you really want to do you really want to project a tiny school northern iowa as yeah, a potential like you know star man i don't know i the only I, reason i didn't I write him to. i didn't write him down on my list and i obviously he's he's my he's my favorite tackle in this draft and i've said that a, a few different times i didn't write him on the list because there's just no way now he's going to be there when Seahawks yeah. draft at 41. I just yeah, think so you're killing you're killing me with that he's, statement he's, because he's I want I want Trevor Penning in Seattle. I think his combination of size I don't length, think I'm wrong. I hope I am wrong, Keith. attitude yes. would be is going to be really good at the next level. And I well, would you, love you to have know offensive uniform. line. I mean, this is your deal. And if you it tell is. me and convince me that this guy is going to go 41 to the Seahawks, I would be thrilled. No, like thrilled. I think, and everyone else would get on board too, right? Because yep. there's flashy picks, and then there's picks that you just need to make. Mm-hmm. And he this would, if a- he was there, he would be the pick that the Seahawks just need to make because then your left tackle problem for years would be solved, yeah. and I and cheaply for the first. Four years. A year a year ago, the Seahawks went wide receiver with a gadget player in the round two when their center of the future was sitting there, and they chose not to take the center and they went with yeah. a flashy pick, oh, and man. it it, tough. it it burned them all year, and it's going to burn them every year um, until they find themselves an elite center. If the possibility of getting a guy like Penning is there, and they go in any other direction. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna regret it there there will be um long-term consequences for the Seahawks because it's going to affect their ability to compete long term because you don't you didn't get that that elite left tackle when they were sitting there ready for you and i think that's who trevor penning is and i know people are going to say like that's a hot take and and whatever i'm overselling a guy from northern iowa i really like trevor penning in this yeah. draft I'm just going out right now, and I'm going to see what the consensus big board says about Trevor Penning. So just, while just so that I can throw shade, <laughs> he is uh, he peaked at, at 19 overall, and he's uh, currently listed at 20 uh, 25th pick. In the, okay, uh, so so there's so the Baltimore. idea that of him him dropping to Seattle is probably not not yeah. Likely. Let me Which, let me give you an alternative option that may be there for the Seahawks, and maybe you could talk about it a little okay. bit. Daniel Falalo of Minnesota is projected currently to go 38 and then uh, Bernard uh, Raymond out of central Michigan is currently mm-hmm. going 40. Um, just speaking of running backs, the two running backs I just spoke of Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller are there at 41 and 42 in mm-hmm. the consensus big board. Just throwing it out there. So Daniel... Darian Mathis is by the way, available in this spot and Darian Kennard as well. Yeah, I mean, I expect Kennard to be out of Kentucky. Um, he's a guy who looked like he's going to be in a, a like an elite guard 
Um, yes, yes. With the with the ability to play tackle at times, especially right, hurt, right tackle or whatever, right tackle. But he doesn't look like a left tackle guy to me. Um, Daniel Filafale. Did I say that right? Falale? You're Falale. Better, better than me, probably. Falale. Yeah, um, I didn't even it, write him down to talk about it on, on my list because I've already written him off. Yeah, see, he's a guy who he's like 6'8", 360. He's 383. Three eighty three. Three eighty three at the senior oh bowl. Oh my god, that's huge! Um, just he's a massive guy, huge long arms. I mean, defensive. He's a hamburger gonna... eating factory, is what he is. <laughs> um, or he's a hamburger factory eating lineman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, true. He's a guy. Right? Defensive ends are gonna have a real hard time getting around him because of how long and and big he is. And as a run blocker, he looks really good. I mean, Minnesota used him as a fullback. Can you imagine being a linebacker and having a 380-pound fullback running at you to block you? That, that's got to be scary. Um, but honestly, he didn't look good over the week. He just yeah, and he, you he, know, the defensive line struggled. at the Senior Bowl really just pushed him all over the place, including on his back. So. Yeah, he really struggled. So I, I think... He to me was one of the bigger losers at this at the Senior Bowl. I think he drops quite a bit. Um, I wouldn't mind Seattle taking a flyer on him, especially as a potential right tackle. Um, but to do so, you know, yeah, if they did all the work, if they did all the work, and the, and he was their guy, and they saw things, they they saw things that they could work with, especially inside at guard. You know, his first year or, or move outside to to right tackle. Great. I don't know that he's any better today than than our current. Um, right tackle jake curran yeah uh, i, I actually so, kind of like jake curran in that role i think I yeah too. i get his pass blocking is not great but as a run blocker he was really good he was a stabilizing presence he didn't commit penalties i liked him out there so let's and, let's finish up the conversation so, and talk about like you know three or four other guys that that you want to finish up with do you have uh, zion johnson on your list to talk about yeah kind of i mean he's a guy that i like personally but i like him for his versatility and his ability to play essentially all five positions as a backup there are i've looked around um and there are places that say no he has a guard he's an elite guy i don't fully see it but i see a guy that can play center and do so better than you know ethan posick mm-hmm. a guy who can play guard that's um, why i think that he would be interesting for the seahawks and the seahawks would have them have him on their board i think that's mm-hmm. the key here would the seahawks have them have him on their board i think the answer is yes because he's 22 I, years old yeah he's 6'3 314 he's got you know almost 34 mm-hmm. inch arms 83 inch wingspan he's the perfect center size he's a smooth athlete gets his footwork's great he can get to the second level he's a good run blocker he's actually a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker right now and he's I a good think, pass blocker yeah and i think that he just kind of maybe he's the guy you know, the consensus big board over at NFL Mock Draft Database has him at 55 overall right now. So that's within the spectrum of where Seattle's going to be taking mm-hmm. a look at guys like this. So I think he would be on, on their radar anyway. And, you know, I, the interesting thing about him, I'll just mention this, and I've mentioned Bruce Feldman a lot in this show, and I'm going to mention him one more time. He's on Feldman's freak list again at 6'3", 310 pounds, has a 35-inch uh, vertical, um, an 8 nine inch broad jump and a four seven shuttle with 32 reps on the bench um 
that's an impressive spark score right there i mean that's that's putting him probably more athletic than i thought and you know when you take a look at shane waldron's kind of scheme at the center position they may want some of someone that's athletic like uh, zion johnson see i i was looking at him and, and, and i know like people are saying possibly an you know an elite guard prospect i don't see that but he played center for the first time uh in mobile uh they teams wanted to see him there he was like totally willing to do it went in and learned basically how to snap a ball and and all of that um as a center as well i wonder first... if one one of the teams that wanted him to play center at the senior ball was the seattle seahawks that wouldn't, wouldn't, be, wouldn't that be would, interesting it wouldn't surprise me one bit i think he is a center at the next level i think he can be a very good one i like how he moves in space um the worst case scenario for him, though, is he is a a great backup who can play all five positions. And I know fans will roll their eyes at that, but there's more value in that than most fans realize. Because he does have the wingspan to be able to play on the outside in a pinch. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Which, let's... in that sense, he's he's very Ethan Posick like. He can play all five positions. True. Well, let's talk about kind of an Ethan Posick kind of player that it reminds me Ethan Posick only plays guard is uh, Ed Ingram out of LSU 63317 good length mm-hmm. and wingspan um above average you know intelligence football intelligence all that kind of stuff um good feet just an interesting prospect i think he's like a fourth round kind of a guy um Seahawks seem to be pretty set at the interior positions but you just never know and then a guy that i really wanted to talk about Keith that I'm not exactly sure where the league has this guy graded at is Abraham Lucas out of Washington state. It's really weird because like you watch his tape and you're like, okay, this guy can play. And then you look at big boards and whatnot. And you're like, why is he rated as a fifth round pick? And then you start, okay, well, I'm missing something. Let's go look at flaws. And I have a hard time seeing him. And I wonder if what we're running into is, um, the stereotype of Washington state. It's a Washington State tackle issue where you look at, um, you know, Mike Leach was there for most of, of the time that he was there. And it's just that they weren't taught how to block. And you look at a guy like Dillard, um, who came out of there a couple of years ago, or yeah, a couple of years ago with the Eagles, has really struggled to actually get it, you know, to nail down a starting job, despite the fact that he has the talent but his technique is so just hit and miss that he just isn't as effective as you'd think he would be and i wonder if we're seeing that again here where you basically have that washington state you know mike leach effect just hurting his grades you know who who this guy reminds me of a little bit Hmm. that's just weird i just thought of it as stone foresight we just we picked up Stone Forsyth last year. He's this like super tall, athletic kind of tackle that's kind of forgotten. Originally, people thought higher of him, but then fell in the draft. Ended up going to Seahawks in like the sixth round or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Abraham Lucas is a good athlete. I think he's a better athlete than Stone Forsyth. Uh, this guy to me could be the the left tackle of the future. Now, if he falls. And he's sitting there in the in the third round for Seattle, the Seahawks as their left tackle of the future. I'd go get him, uh, especially if you handle the interior defensive lineman position or something in the second, excuse me, second round. And this guy's sitting there at 6'7", 332. He's from Everett, Washington, originally. He's got 34 and 5 inches arms, 81 and a half inch wingspan, 31 tackles, 
and 15 sacks as a senior defensive end in high school. He's athletic is what I'm trying to say. Um, got great hands, really smart, good balance, all that kind of stuff. Um, I just think that he needs to work on the functional strength stuff, but a lot of tackles do, especially at that size. And um, he might be a, a guy that you sit on for a little while. Maybe mm-hmm. if you can get Dwayne Brown on a one-year deal and have this guy in the wings. But don't you already have him on the roster in Maybe. Stone Forsythe? Maybe they don't like Stone Forsythe now that they've had him on the roster for a while and they never gave him a shot to even take a snap in a game. And well, he, so he did. He you know some, what I mean? I know. Nothing um, significant. Yeah. He had one one game where he played, you know, what is it, like 14 snaps or something. Um, whereas Curran got in and, and got a chance to play uh, for the last I just, like four I just or five think, games. you know, Abraham Blunkus is a name to watch if you're a Seahawk fan because I think he's the type of guy that's super athletic in a, in a Shane Waldron system that would be a guy that's. Mm-hmm on their radar another guy is braxton jones out of southern utah later round guy six seven three oh six 36 inch arms 84 and a three eighths inch wingspan but he doesn't have any strength you know he's just he needs development time so he's a guy guy. and that's that's that was with when you with him is he's a guy who's so big and playing at such a small school that he was able to win just because he was playing against guys that weren't athletes Yes. Um, and he's so big, his technique isn't great. Um, his functional strength isn't great. Um, he doesn't do a lot other than get in the way and that's not going to win at the next level. It's not no. going to be good enough. No, so but you might be him as a priority project. free agent. You never know. He is a project, a good sure. project, a project that would be fun to have. And I would be all over, but he is a project. So you're looking at a seventh round pick type of guy or an undrafted guy. Or an undrafted do, do you have anybody else? No, I don't. I yeah, because the Senior would, Bowl really did not have great, great offensive linemen this mm-mm. year. No, Trevor Penning was really the guy that I wanted to to talk about. I thought he was fun, and everyone else was kind of not fun. Yeah. Um, and, well, and I'll say this, and it's just like I said about the running backs, Keith. There are a lot of offensive linemen in this draft. You mm-hmm. know, just not at the Senior Bowl. You know, there's yeah. a lot of underclassmen that are that are interesting um, mm-hmm. that we'll talk about in in time as we go through some of the position group stuff as we head into the draft for sure. Well, a bunch of the top offensive linemen, kind of the, you know the Evan Neal group, um, they didn't even go. No, and it was smart of them not to. They didn't need to. Their 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 spot. Uh, you know, it's like the 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 Kayvon Thibodeaus and what whatnot on the yeah. defensive well, side. Well, the Equanos and the Charles Crosses and you yeah, know, those, yeah, all those guys. Yeah. Those guys' position in Tyler the Tyler Linderbaum. Set. It's there. No one's trying. Well, Linderbaum couldn't. He's out with an injury. But um, even so, you the top offensive lineman didn't go, and that next tier just wasn't as interesting. So. Uh, yeah, it's just not a True. great, not a, not a, not a great senior bowl list of um, offensive line, which is kind of disappointing for me as the guy who actually likes watching offensive line play. So, well, that's the show. Did you want to add any other, um, any other notes before we head out of here? No. Oh, let me see what uh, we have coming up. We have a Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Do you have a prediction, Bill? I want Cincinnati Bengals to win. I'm not going that's for the not, Los Angeles Rams in my own division. That's not a prediction. That's not a prediction. That's a desire. You want 
Cincinnati to win. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say 27-21. Well, I'm, I'm going to take that back. 27 to 13. Cincinnati Bengals. Oh man, you're Because the Rams they scored 3 points in the last Super Bowl they were in. I'll give them another 10. Yeah, it was with Jared Goff. Yeah. I mean, Jared Goff's awful. You know, I just think, you know, well, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. The Rams are um, good. I'll give the Rams credit. They're good. Now they got Akers back. They're a little bit more diversified on offense. There's something about, there's something special going on in Cincinnati, and I'm going to I'm gonna take the ride. I'm going to stay with my, um, my thought on Cincinnati. This is not their year. Next year is their year. This wow. was supposed to be a building year for them. They have a ton of cap space and draft capital sitting there waiting for them this offseason. They're going to go from being a team that made the Super Bowl in you know, kind of an upset fashion and no one expected them to be there to being a freaking Super Bowl favorite from week one next year. Next That's year is true. Next year is their year. I, 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 especially I with Tampa that, Bay diminishing, or I've you know, not Tampa that, Bay, but Kansas City. Yeah, I've believed that all year. I still see their the way they're set up for this off season to be. Is it such a be such a good off season for them? Yeah, they they're are set be, up well. They're going to be fun next year. Um, so I want to take. I want to pick them as my preseason Super Bowl favorite. Uh, for next year, I can't even the, believe you picked the Los Angeles Rams. Kid. But I'm going to take the. I I, I, I do think give I me, like. Give it. me a score. Give me a score. I'm so disappointed right now. I think it's going to be 31-27. Cincinnati's I, scoring more than than the Rams in this game. I hope you're right because I don't want the Rams to win. I mean, they're they're division rival. I don't want them to win, but I think they're the better team. They are the better team. In fact, if you go look at every position group down the line, and you could argue about Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford, I'm going to give Stafford the nod just because he's got the veteran experience. But nope, either quarterback has really any playoff experience. Burrow is, I don't know. You, but, you can go, Bur, Burrow is, is. But anyway, you, the you know, you can go wide receivers. You, you know, you can maybe say wide receivers. But other than that, Tight ends, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, corners, safeties. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles has the better team and a more experienced coach who's maybe better prepared for this moment than he was the last time he showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I mean, on paper, on paper, they are the better team. Yep. Cincinnati wins. Go Cincinnati. Go Bengals. <laughs> okay, <Bengals. laughs> All right. I don't Let's think they win. I don't think they win, but I want them to. <laughs> all right, everyone out there, you know the uh, you know all the sign off stuff. Uh, follow us. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Phil is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.
Social Podcast Network.